Marys, we have a very exciting guest on the podcast today, an award-winning queer illustrator who is probably most well-known to Drag Race fans for featuring all-star queens and queer legends as the superheroes and sometimes supervillains that they are in his graphic novel cover art series. Please welcome to the podcast, Shane Gallardi. Welcome, Shane. Hello. Hi, Marys. How are you? <laughs> oh, right, so good. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to uh, group you all together. The Mary. No, no, no. That's, we love the, it. Yeah, we, we don't it. quite know what the plural of Mary is. Uh, so it could be Mariah. It could be Marys with an F- <laughs> or apostrophe. Uh, the question is still out. But more importantly... Uh, let's talk about you. Let's talk about this amazing artwork that you've been doing for years now, at least in terms of like drag race adjacent art. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, for the last five, six, seven, I don't know. I I lose track of time, (laughs) but yeah, it's been that long, you know, um, drawing drag race and, and I haven't even scratched the surface of like, there's so so much art i want to draw <laughs> so. mm, yeah it, it it's feels like such a a launching point i guess is to start here and then you're noticing like oh there's all these other things i can draw i guess just to get things started for marys that uh, maybe aren't familiar with your story do you remember how or when you came up with this idea to marry these two genres together yeah, yeah. Um, well, it it was a, a journey of discovery. You know, I first started off drawing the queens in like a, a little golden book style because I nice. was obsessed mm-hmm. with that. I love the Disney artist Mary Blair and I love the Disney golden books. And so I was like, oh, wouldn't it be cute if I combined queens with like this cutesy little like gouache like painted style and so I did but I was like ah I can't really capture their personality that well and it's hard to like you know jam people into like a oh a cute sensibility when they're not really you know and then I tried to draw them as like uh, tattoo art because I'm obsessed with like uh, Sailor Jerry traditional western uh, tattoo art and I was like oh because it's like I'm queering up like uh, these tattoos that aren't on sailors from like the 1940s and I love that juxtaposition and I would like make it like really gay and stuff Mm. and I was like the problem with that was then people would take screenshots of my art to like these back alley tattoo artists and get janky looking tattoos on their body and then they tag (laughs) me in it and I'm like Thanks. Yeah, yeah. I do not want to take credit for this. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> to be honest, so then, yeah. yeah. So then I stopped doing the tattoo artist, and then I was like, "Well, what else do I really love?" And I grew up on comic books, and for me, it just seemed natural to combine the two. And at first, it started off like very like uh, pop art, like Lichtenstein, like Warhol, mm-hmm. like very mm-hmm. simple, like simple one frame, and then like you know an exaggerated expression. And like a word bubble or something fun. But then I was all like, what if I made full on scenes? And I, I, I credit that to my experience as like a stage actor and like, you know, being in a film. I love cinematography. And I was like, you know what? This is illustration. I can make queens float. I can give wind to their hair. I can do whatever I want. So I just started to go crazy. And I was like, comic books is the perfect medium for, for queens, I think. 
Oh, it yeah. it totally lends itself to the to the genre. You know, it reminds me of and forgive me if I'm making a reference that's too obscure, but and I don't think it is, but Queer as Folk, the American reboot in 2000, there's a character named Michael and he's like obsessed with comics and it it was through that show that it dawned on me how gay comic book heroes mm-hmm. and villains are. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I, I identified with that character a lot. Hal Sparks, right? Playing yeah, Hal yeah, Sparks, mm-hmm. right? yeah. Really cool. I I totally love that. I identified with him because I was like, and that made me really realize and felt me made me empowered to be like, wow, there's a whole subsection of like you know gay geeks out there that are like me that I haven't you know you know, made art for. And I was like, this is for them. These are for the, the, the gay comic book nerds that, you know, identify with like Iceman and all the queer coded characters and queer coded villains. And like, you know, I love that. And I was like, these are my people. <laughs> oh, it's so brilliant. I, you know, I, I'm familiar with some comic books, but what's interesting when I look at your work, like I'll get, like flashes and memories of certain comic book covers that I've seen before, but I can't like name. And I know that you must have like the original or the the style or the uh, even the the hero perhaps in mind. One of them, uh, and I can't remember even which one, but it was like so. Oh, I think it was a Willow Pill cover, but it was so clearly Archie Comics. Yeah, yeah. It, are there any kind of uh, specific types of comics that like you draw from pretty regularly in your mind? Well, definitely the King Comics, Jack Kirby. Um, okay. I I love including references to his stuff. You know that uh, foreshortening, and then I also include like the Kirby Crackle a lot. I love putting people in space. Oh my god, mm-hmm. putting queens in space. You know. <laughs> Who needs to breathe, right? Just put them in space, <laughs> give them cosmic powers, you know, show a bunch of planets, some, yes. you know. Um, but I love that Kirby Crackle and Jack Kirby. Um, but yeah, I also love that Archie style, that Dan DiCarlo uh, style. Um, I love it because I grew up on Archie and Double Digest comic books. Like, mm. those are like the, the cheapest comics that we could afford <laughs> when I was growing up. And it was always like an impulse buy for like my mom at the checkout counter. You know, uh-huh. back in the day, kids, there was comics at the checkout counter mm-hmm. on grocery yeah, stores. Yeah, that's where my mom got them for us. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. No, the Archie is is the one that I'm most familiar with. And then, to an extent, there was um, Disney Afternoon comic series. Mm-hmm, I don't know if you remember those uh, that my mom would also pick up at the register. Like that's where they were. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, fascinating. You know, I just. Oh, sorry, I'm interrupting you, but go on. Oh no, no, no. I, I'm not. Um, it, it's, it depends on who and what I'm drawing. You know, I, I look up tons of references, you know, uh, for, so for like an Evie cover when she won, I did like a Steve Ditko reference cause I really wanted it to look like Evie's personality just kind of matched like this, like Dr. Strange, you know, things flying all over the place and things Amazing. bending shape like a Salvador Dali. So I was like, Oh, Steve Ditko, oh. that's perfect. So it it really depends on who I'm drawing and what I'm drawing. I mean, and Willow and and Evie are very similar. So I was like, okay, well, they they deserve that surreal imagery that I can muster up. So yeah, 
Totally. You know, it's interesting. As you're saying these names that I'm not familiar with, I'm Googling them, and it's just like, wow. Wow, <laughs> I, I see the connections. It's so cool. Oh, I just love it. Jack Kirby, Steve Ditko. Now I'm uh, – it. Uh, all these connections are being made. It's just fabulous. Uh, yeah. The Doctor Strange ones. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. Out right now. <laughs> and, like, clearly this is all – I mean – you know, there's a lot of passion and a lot of, you know, that that's driving a lot of this, you know, clearly from your inspirations. But like, this is, all, of course, grown to, you know, beyond something that's just a, a passion project or something, you know, that you're excited by to something that like, has a huge fan base and has, has really grown over the past few years. Was that something as you started doing this, you were like, oh, you know what, I'd love to really see this grow? Or did it kind of take off, you know, without you seeing it happening? You know? No, it just it just took off. And I'm amazed that you know people love it so much i'm not only amazed that they love it so much i'm amazed that they recognize my style immediately so that if anyone even attempts to draw queens in a comic book style they're like why did you copy art by shane mm-hmm. and i'm i'm gagged like yes. i see people like messaging me saying like oh we saw your art on this site and someone's like copy um i did a i recently did a a, a drag board game i don't know if y'all saw but it was extravaganza no. there was a kickstarter yeah it's this great board game with uh, original queen designs queen and king designs yes. and uh, they recently did the kickstarter but i was working with them for two years designing the characters the look designing all the move cards and everything and then you know i just kind of left it in the hands of the creator to promote it and i forgot about it mm-hmm. and then People started messaging me. <laughs> they saw the ads. I guess he was promoting the Kickstarter. And then he's, they saw the ads and they're like, hey, do you have any involvement with this? Or did they like rip off your style? I'm like, oh, my God, I totally forgot about this. OK, now I need to say this is actually my art. This is not a rip off. So I was like, OK, I had no idea people would even recognize that it was my style. Oh, right. So, right. And it's kind of cool. So it's like no matter what I draw, like whether it's for like any corporate client or things like that. Like people are like, Hey, that's, that's art by Shane. And I was like, wow, what? That's That's a great feeling. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And and it's not bound to like, Oh, it's, I, people would only recognize it if it's a drag race queen. Like it could be any inspiration, but your style's coming through. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so funny. I've come so far from like, you know, like any beginning artist, you try and post your art on Reddit when you like, you Mm -hmm. want to try and get like some traction and stuff like that. And, uh, I got to say, if you're an artist without thick skin, (laughs) Reddit is not the place for you. Like, they dragged me over there. And I'm all like, y'all are taking the the fun out of my my art. And so I stopped posting stuff on Reddit. But now I'm at the point where people stuff, people post my art on Reddit just for fun. I'm like, that's whatever. I'm not going to do it. I don't care. I don't bother pop in there but you can share wherever you want (laughs) right that's actually i think where i first saw something of yours was years ago in the rupaul's drag race subreddit and i feel like or i've just decided this is the first one i ever saw was it's from like season nine and it's trinity taylor holding up her fingers going i call shade yeah and i remember that jumped out at me and i was like i love this and it's just and i don't know if you posted that or someone else but like for whatever it's worth, there was a value to posting it to Reddit. I'm sorry it wasn't always a warm welcome. <laughs> yeah, the the funny story about that one was that was one of the first fan arts that I did. 
And, you know, Trinity loved it so much that she was all like, oh, can I get the, the rights to put this on a shirt? Oh, yeah. And so that was uh-huh. one of my first ones where, you know, a queen actually approached me and licensed me to put it on their shirt. And that was really cool. Oh, oh that's God. huge. Oh, I We're... love that. That's such a big stepping stone in a journey, right? When the queens notice you, you know what I mean? I, I, one of my favorite ones that you did very recently was I think for 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 DragCon maybe it was Comic Con I can't remember which one but it was I'll get Yuru and your little dog too <laughs> yeah the Jimbo the Jimbo mm-hmm. yeah and I like just to know that the Queen is honored by the stuff that you're doing basically because you're a fan of them it's such an interesting relationship right yeah it's very weird to be like so. I went to, uh, I did DragCon LA recently, and that was really cool, and I was the busiest I've ever been, and I, it was a weird feeling to wait in line to go say hi to a queen, and then when they, some some of them even recognized me when I was standing in line. Oh, wow. And, you know, and, you know, and then I got to meet them, and then, so I met Blue Hydrangea, right? And... Mm -hmm. I, sh- I had brought her a little piece of art to give to her. And she was like, oh, my God, it's you. And she was all like, can I get you to sign this? I was like, the winner of UK <laughs> right? versus the world is asking me to sign something for her. I was all like, this uh, is crazy. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, and there was a bunch of people that they were like, oh, my God, I know exactly who you are. I went to go see Rockham Sakura. And she was all like, oh, my God, it's my favorite artist. I was like, oh, that's it, it was such a, a, a weird feeling but i was like that's this is kind of (laughs) cool yeah you know yeah i i would be so gagged right like i can only imagine their experience because by turning it into not only art right because that's like a genre of itself like people that do drag queen art uh that's one step into like iconicizing someone making somebody kind of canon but what you do which i just love is you take like a moment or an argument or a nuance of sorts and 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 just turn it into a whole fantasy mm-hmm. that if I, I it it even more solidifies kind of how uh, how important a moment is or how how important a queen is in a certain episode. And it's just like it would be an honor, I think, to be drawn by you. Yeah, it, I, I'm glad you pointed out and you, you noticed that, like, yes, uh, sometimes I try and stretch out, like, a, the, there was one cover that I did for, like, season nine where there was a spider in the workroom and I just made, I was mm-hmm. like, what if that spider was a giant spider attacking the city? And I was like, who comes up with this stuff? I was like, me, I guess. You know, and I guess partly subconsciously my reason for making each cover so that you can tell what happened in each episode is because my memory is going. And so it's like, I want to be able to look mm-hmm. at a cover and be like, oh, that's right. That's what happened that episode. <laughs> right. You know, right. And so it's like a visual uh, library. So I can be like, oh, yeah, that's right. This person was on there, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right. Wearing happened. that look. Yeah. Well, that I guess that kind of leads to a question of like, how this, the process that you go through of like, The episode comes out on Friday, whatever. You watch it. Like, what is the journey from, like, seeing the episode to realizing what moment or queen you want to capture? And, like, can you talk through, like, how that works? Yeah, you know, uh, a couple things. Like, if I'm, like, super excited about something, like, oh, man, I got to draw this look. I, 
I will go ahead and like start sketching up ideas right away. Um, but nowadays I do have um, Patreon and I do have um, some supporters on there. So I, I pull them. I'm like, okay, well, which look did you like, you know? And then I kind of like come up with an idea based around that. Like, oh, I like Jada's look. I like mm -hmm. Trinity's look. And then I try and figure out some kind of narrative that would marry them together. Um, but otherwise, I just kind of like try and take the time and like have it marinate. And I'm like, okay, well, there was, I try and look for like a common theme. Mm -hmm. So like, if there was a theme of, uh, let's say everybody was wearing kimonos, then, you know, for I example, will figure yeah. out something to do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll figure out some kind of like, you know, like a samurai scene or like a geisha mm -hmm. scene or some, something that would like tie everyone together. Mm. Um, or, you know, if I just want to draw a cool look, then I'll, I'll try and put it in context. So like, right. um, if someone is wearing like, uh, like if Jade Essence Hall is wearing like a Catwoman like look, then I'll put her on the rooftops at night, you know. Right. So I'll right. try and pull from like uh, comic book tropes of like, mm. oh, if someone looks like they're wearing a space age suit, then they're they're doing my favorite. They're flying out in space. Right. Right. Yeah. It's like I think we got a space queen here. Yeah. 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 So, but um, my early covers, I tried to do like. Um, like battles like you know comic book covers were used to be about like pulling readers in and so you'd be like oh my god what's gonna happen with cyclops versus she hulk in this and then you're like i gotta buy that one you know so that's what i was going for in the early covers i was like okay what if i pit this queen against this queen like mm. it's an epic battle and you gotta see what's gonna happen and but then i kind of felt bad about making drama that wasn't there between queens i'm like okay <laughs> right uh, okay it's right. just for That's the, fair. you know, it's just for the cover, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. you know yeah. these fans, they can take things out of context. Like, they're like... Mary. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. I drew <laughs> yeah. something with, like, uh, Candy Muse and Tamisha Iman. Like, Tamisha was sending the bees after Candy Muse. <laughs> the bees. Yeah. Every, yeah. And then everyone was all like, why did you make Tamisha the bad guy? And I'm like, you know, it's it's context. It's it's fun, you know? You're commemorating the bee in Untucked of, of, of season two. Yeah, yeah. That to me feels yeah. the most important thing. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, there was that cover of Tamisha Man is coming for you and she's all big behind, uh, I think it was uh, Candy and like Got Mick or something driving in a car. Oh, it was brilliant. And you know, that that brings me to something that I, I, I kind of touched upon this before, but you know, obviously the drag race fandom has been growing more and more notoriously vocal and almost negative over the past few years. And I'm wondering like how you're able to navigate controversial eliminations and conflicts and spin them into these like really fun. And I find disarming artwork. And I, I guess it, it doesn't always work is the example you're talking about. But for me, it, it really becomes like a fight that was explosive, but by putting it through your lens, it's like, Oh, this is fun. It's a comic. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, I try not to take it so seriously, but you know, if, so like if a queen is eliminated, I try not to like make them be you know so down and out and like you know i'm not going to be shady and like draw them all like you know <laughs> but let's say there's yeah. there's a way to to make a comic book trope out of it like if someone is 
leaving the competition, you could pull like a, a Spider-Man walking away with his costume in the trash can in the foreground thing, mm-hmm. you know, so it's like it pulls on people's, you know, nostalgia, things like mm-hmm. that, you know. But hey, if someone's going to be bold enough, like, you know, Naomi and eliminate Manila, then I am going to be that bold in the art and have yep. Naomi standing over Manila and I'm like, you know what? A bold move like that deserves a bold cover like this. So. Absolutely. Uh. Absolutely. And I think it's like, I mean, I totally get there are fans who are like, how could you show her as a villain or whatever? <laughs> All of that like overreaction. But I, I mean, like just the context, though, of like celebrating them for being more than just your average human being, even if it does mean they're, you know, being a supervillain. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, um, and at the end of the day, you know, I try to remind when people get mad about like, oh, why did you do this? Or why did you do that? I'm like. You know, I also made them fly, and I made them shoot light beams out of their hands. So I don't know why you're trying to be so realistic about this. <laughs> right. Did you miss the part where she flies? <laughs> yeah. yeah. She fl- she's flying. Yeah. Uh, I just don't know why they want to come for an artist. I don't know. It just it, It's such an odd choice. And I guess just kind of, I don't know, is also it illuminates the whole problem with everything that's happening online which is like none of it's actually real uh yeah. it's it i mean it's like you're creating this art because you love the show or you love the queens it's like just let that be you don't have to comment on it everybody feels like they have to have an opinion on it they don't mm-hmm. need to yeah right exactly which is why i love like you know all the new instagram features of you know block this person and any future accounts that they make i'm like perfect Oh. You know, because they pe- they do. Yes, make- that's right. People yes. have been so petty that they will make an, a fake account with zero followers, and they'll be like, "Why did you block my other account?" I'm like, "Wow, get a hobby." <laughs> yeah, get a hobby, or like, yeah, go back to your seventh grade social studies class, dear, because you're missing it. You know what I <laughs> yeah. mean? because they're all young. They're all young. They're all right. young. Right. I hope. You, you kind of hope, right? Like, at the very least, maybe they're still just, like, they'll look back on these decisions and go, man, I was so young and so dumb. But, um, and you know. Come. Sorry. Maybe. It is Pride <laughs> Month. It is Pride Month. It is Pride Month. I hope they the are. We're drinking the piss out of things. We're That's drinking right. the piss out of things. Yes. Um, oh, I have, to, I have to fangirl. Sorry, Colin. But I have to please. fangirl for Shane about one of, your, one of your covers from season 14. It's the episode that Maddie Morphosis went home in the yeah. block dress. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you made this choice to have Maddie in that dress playing with the other contestants as like little dolls or little toys. Yeah. And it it just translated so perfectly. And I'm wondering what was the what was the inspiration for that? How did you come up with that idea? Um, I'm glad you love that one. Um, well, that one was, um, I felt kind of bad that I didn't draw Maddie Morphosis the whole season. I was like, well, <laughs> she was eliminated, so maybe I'll draw her for this. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, what can I do with this dress? I was like, <laughs> you know, I, you know, I, Sometimes it's like, okay, do I draw what they were wearing when they were eliminated or do I draw what they wore in the mini challenge or, and so I was like, okay, what, and this is another example where I was looking at what everyone else was wearing and I was like, okay, well, there's kind of, they kind of look like toys, like action figures. Mm. And so I was like, okay, what if she's like that, you know, like bratty little kid that's like playing with everybody else that is toys and then I started drawing it and I was like, okay, it's kind of cute. And I was like, it's looking a little more cute than my normal style. So what comic book style or series 
would match this and it's like the old Disney uh, when Disney did comic books for little kids like um, mm. you know they have like Donald Duck and his nephews on there and stuff so I was mm. like okay so <laughs> I changed the <laughs> header to look like a Disney comic yeah. book thing and so yeah that was that and I was like it, it worked out you know so by putting something in context you know in a different context it kind of like puts a different spin on something that you know was not really the best look on the runway <laughs> mm, yeah again you elevate something you that's what so much of your work does if not all of it it really just like elevates it and like puts it in gold uh, even if it's a bad look it's just so well done i i, I can't stop fangirling right now i really oh, appreciate thanks. you so much thank you so I'm I'm going to take this to a, a Drag Race specific place, and and not just because we all probably watch Drag Race, but I feel like we we all probably also watch it with a lens. Like you're watching it to kind of see what inspirations to draw from. We're watching it to like you know uh, find all these little nuances to clean out about every week. And which so, suburban housewife are they this week? Exactly <laughs> right. Like yeah, which school teacher from my past do they remind me of? Yeah. Yes. Um, so you know, as both someone who's creating art based on the series and just as a fan. What's your take on All-Star 7? Oh, that's a great question. I love All-Star 7. Now that we've seen the All-Star 7 format, I don't think they should do All-Stars any differently. They should do it like mm. this from now on. Thank you. Imagine the parallel reality where, you know, Queens could have just stayed on and not been eliminated, you know? Mm-hmm. Although I do think it's kind of, we're getting kind of a little spoiled because they are all winners so they are of a higher caliber you mm. know so you know i hate to say it but there are some seasons of all stars where maybe they did deserve to go home you right, know but right right you know yeah. i do i do love the all star season i love that they're bringing their best and they get to showcase i do kind of miss the 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 critiques of you know being them being a little bit harsh on them constructive criticism you yeah. know <laughs> I, I do not like that whole like everyone gets nice critiques thing but right you know, but i do like the format i think it's really great colin and i refer that to as the montessori style of judging yeah it's uh, just fun it's, just, it's all very nice it's fun mm-hmm. yeah 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 everyone gets a badge um i agree with you though i think that like in past all-star seasons it feels like the the lipstick format, like they just, they, they could never push the queens to play the strategy. And it was always still about either looking good or a meritocracy. And I feel like this is the first season where they have forced the queens at every, in every direction to strategize, you know, where it's like, well, now you're going to get a star and you're going to have to give a star to someone else. Or, you know, it's like all <laughs> yeah. these things that whether you want it, whether you're Monet or Raja, whatever, wherever you are on the scale of how much you're strategizing this season, you're forced to play the game within the game. And I think they've got it right this season. Yeah. And I also love uh, the camp factor of that plunger. Yes. Oh god, I know. Yeah. It's just I mean, I it's don't know another who came up bar. with it. It's yeah, it's it, yeah, mm-hmm. but it's so it's so campy. <laughs> yeah. Like who comes up with this I know they're going to use a plunger. Like yeah, and yeah. and it's and it's a janky plunger. There are weeks where yeah. I can see the red rubber underneath the glitter. So. I mean, at least give them like you know, a, make it a scepter, but put the plunger head on top of the scepter. Oh, right, interesting. right. Interesting. You know, yeah, put a little Viacom money towards props. Yeah, um, props on, by Paramount Shane. Plus. There we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Props by Shane. That's my new yeah. account. That's yeah, right. 
Perhaps my shade. Um, do you watch uh, any of the like international versions of Drag Race? Like how how much Drag Race do you consume? Yeah, as much as as much as we can stand. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, love España. We just oh. finished España season two. So good. Uh, yeah. You know, and people were asking. You know, when am I going to do España covers? And I'm like, uh, when I have free time. <laughs> I didn't want to yes. ask, but yeah, yeah, that would. <laughs> can I throw my hat in the in the ring for that request as well? Because okay, España okay. is full of. I mean, it's amazing. It's so. This season oh, was incredible. God. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So good. I, who is your favorite queen? Uh, well, I mean, Sharon was just. It was hers uh-huh. to lose. Sure. Yeah, hers to for lose. Sure. Sharon was so good, but there's so many good ones. Like you know, Onyx. I'm, you know, spoiler mm-hmm. alert, but I really wanted her to go really far. But yeah. you know, and she's super creative. Um, but you know, my partner and I, we live for the mess that is Samantha Valentine's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a, a mess, a I, wonderful. I have mess. never laughed. so so hard at a lip sync for your life like in tears cannot breathe <laughs> Insane. like yeah and you know but i just i just love those types of queens that are like you know it's uh, it's the skags you know like the love uh-huh. connies mm, and yep. the the, the um uh, the setter jeans, you know. Sure. The... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I never want you to think this is a female illusion. This is an yeah. illusion of something completely beyond that. Yeah. And it's and amazing. I love that. They're, yeah. they're comedy geniuses. Um, I agree. You know, but yeah, those those were amazing. But season two of España was really good. It was really good. Oh, God. It was, I mean, we are both huge fans of Drag Race Thailand, and I feel like season two oh, of España yeah. got on the level. So, oh, Thailand. definitely. It's right up there with Thailand now. I mean, once Thailand's we saw really that, uh, what was that challenge? The, um, oh, it was their talent show. It was mm-hmm. like act after act after act. I'm like, <laughs> all of these are good. Like, what is going on here? How come U.S. Drag Race can't do this? You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, and it, it's kind of sad that Thailand didn't get the flowers that, you know, the other international seasons got. Yes. But, yep. you know, hopefully, you know, it coming back, you know, maybe they'll announce the season three. And then, you know, because, you know, Pangina, you know, got so mm-hmm. much yeah. know, shot to start on there. And so maybe they'll push for a season three. But, yeah, Thailand was really good. Um, I love those it's queens. It's so good. We'll <laughs> see if Canada versus the world, I think, might feature one or two Thai queens. So again, I think that'll like push more people to rewatch those seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. the thing that's I don't understand why this is why this happened, but only season two of Thailand is on Wow Presents. Mm. Season one is not. And everybody is missing yeah. Annie Mae Wong. Everybody yeah. is missing her. And and Jaja Yes. Yeah. Jaja yeah. doing the lip sync and coming up with ketchup packets off the side of the stage. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and season one, I think we've talked about this often on the podcast, has probably the most consummate episode of Drag Race ever. It's the Royal Fire episode where they yes. they bring all the the limited queens back to do a runway using like boxes to make runway mm-hmm. looks. Then the queens do the soap opera. You know, they film a whole soap opera like it's all on a location somewhere. And then there's some amazing runway. And then there's an emotional lip sync between Dearest Doll and Biella. I mean, it is like everything I've ever wanted from an episode of Drag, uh, drag Race. And it's all yeah. in that season. So yeah, uh, yeah. it's a loss for anyone who hasn't seen and, it. And technically, Natalia was the first big girl winner. But a lot of people don't think yeah. about yes. the international 
Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. It, it it was time for a big girl to win, and she won. Yeah. <laughs> she, she did. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, um, so, other than Drag Race, what do you like? What do you watch? What do you consume? Um, is there anything else? No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I know, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> None the of way the I see yeah. it now, the way I see it now, I watch Drag Race for work. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, I'm yep. researching. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but everything else, you know, on Netflix, you know, I'm, I've been lucky enough to have to work with Netflix on a few projects. Um, I, I got to work with their their sub brand, uh, Most, which uh-huh. uh, does yeah. that Trixie and Katya show and stuff like that. Yeah, so. Um, they hired me to create a, a few covers highlighting their queer stars and some of the queer shows and stuff like that. So I've already seen, it's funny, I got like advanced copies of like Umbrella Academy and this uh, this new lesbian vampire show called First Kill. Um, oh, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, I got I got to watch that before everyone else. Um, okay. And I was like, Highly recommend it. That's really okay. good. It gives big uh, Buffy, uh, True uh, Blood vibes. Say no more. You know? yes. Yeah, so there you yes. go. Um, but what's funny was I got to see like advanced copies. So like the, the CG wasn't exactly done. Oh, So yeah. uh-huh. you got this big dramatic scene and then you got someone with like a tennis ball for like a split second. <laughs> right, And then right. you got like bad like uh, post-dub stuff you know so but um, it's funny it almost makes so, it better you know yeah it does i love it i love it but i can't i can't you know i can't share or talk about any of that stuff so now that it's out i can talk about it. right 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 yeah um and like but go yeah. watch the final product and see like how yeah, how much yeah. they fixed it in between like what you saw in the final one yeah yeah um, and i'm i'm such a fanboy so like right now watching like um the boys so that's that superhero show on uh amazon not yeah. really superhero they have superhuman yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's very, very adult, very R-rated. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I've heard very that. Very like... violent, right? Mm-hmm. There's like, a, oh, it's like super dark with like political themes too, right? Yeah, yeah. Very, you know, all those hy- hypothetical questions about like if superheroes were real kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. would corporations own them? And that really is the question. It's not if superheroes were evil. It's what if corporations could buy and use superheroes? That's what mm. the the whole the boys thing is. Like, what would they do with them? The boys. Um, use the to... boys. They're men. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a deep season one <laughs> quote. Yeah. Catching up, catching up on Pose, you know, oh, that's Pose. A, uh-huh. the last season, finally watching the last season. And um, yeah, a bunch of other stuff. What else? What are you guys into? What do we, I mean, I oh. guess... Go ahead, because I think we're both going to answer the same thing, because I think we were going to ask, uh, but the new version of Queer as Folk that's on Peacock, uh, have you seen any of it? No, I haven't seen it yet. Is it good? It's, yes. I mean, I've only seen the first episode, but Johnny, you've seen the whole series, the whole season. Yeah, by accident, I watched all the episodes. <laughs> yeah, uh, whoops. You yeah. know, I have, I have, um, there's obviously like the 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 pulse shooting that it kind of surrounds mm-hmm. is a choice it's a very strong choice for the series um but and and does it always work are they always able to like go there i don't know and mm-hmm. i still love the characters i love how the characters are interwoven um i love some of the commentary that they're making about um 
politicians and queer spaces or around um, you know tragedies. Uh, the characters to me just feel so um, I don't know more fleshed out than I was expecting because mm. they weren't that fleshed out in the original. It was like, oh, this guy's a slut, and he's mm. a you know uh, this guy's the comic guy, and this guy's the twink, and that's kind of where it all ends in a way. Mm. Um, but no, I I I really enjoyed the series and as I'm rewatching the episodes uh, and being able to kind of like take them in um, slower uh, it it's even better. I think the change of setting is what I love the most that it takes place in New Orleans mm-hmm. yeah. instead of Pittsburgh and filmed in Toronto. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a really cool evolution in a lot of like queer stuff that we're seeing now is that uh, queer people are being more complex mm-hmm. and that's, you know, and that's exactly, you know, that's, you know who we are in real life we're more than just one thing so i think that's why like you know even though like the original queers folk the the american one the original american one (laughs) is uh you know it's really you know we kind of cringe at some moments because it's a little uh stereotypical and we're like that's not how we are you know it's a time capsule for how Mm -hmm. we were culturally you know and so now this new one is gonna be a time capsule for you know the state of the world now and how you know, people are seeing how we are, you know, 30 sided dice, you know, we're not like, you know, (laughs) six sided dice anymore, you know, (laughs) that's a good point. It really is capturing. It does feel each of them is a, a sign of the times they're in. And I feel like right now, I mean, there's, you know, there's the new queerest folk. I also, I feel like just in these, this sort of window of, you know, spring to summer to fall, um, obviously the movie Fire Island came out a, f- a few weeks ago and then in September the movie Bros and I feel like the three of them it's kind well, of Victor ex- I think came yeah, out yeah but I, I I guess yeah that I'm like oh oh yeah the, for the for the gay kids so yeah but like Heartstoppers I, yeah I feel like for me in particular like Queerest Folk maybe because I don't I'm not like uh, I don't know I haven't watched the whole series so maybe I'll identify with it more but I feel like Bros in particular I'm like oh, this feels like a real time capsule thing of like where the conversation is going, where it's not all about love is love is love. You know, like we can now even be a little like cynical about being gay in movies, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I love I love Billy Eichner. I love his take on, you know, how it's it's a little, oh, here's our representation, but it's also like poking fun at us kind of thing because, you know, if anything, we can be tongue in cheek. <laughs> mm. Right. Oh, yeah. We have that license for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did you watch Fire Island? I have not yet. No. Is a uh, highly recommend. I well, I would love to see a cover. I'm, I know I, you probably get that eight thousand times a day. <laughs> and yeah. oh my god, that one I feel like is just begging for some so, some style, uh, some perspective of uh, art by Shane. But um, no, I I thought it was a good little summer romp, um, and had because it's so connected to Pride and Prejudice, which. I, I think only made me enjoy it more by seeing kind of the parallels. Really? Uh, Wow. Yeah. It it was just modeled after Pride and Prejudice. If you watch that movie, knowing what people kind of assume about Fire Island, seeing the lens of like rich and poor and, Mm -hmm. and, and watching it that way, it's another perspective of the gay community that I just, uh, that they're illuminating here, which I thought was a a better move than just making a rom-com. 
I love the idea of a superhero whose origin story is somehow tied to Fire Island. Like, I just like the idea of like, who, who, what, is, what is the Fire Island superhero? What's his superpower? You know what I mean? What's his right. outfit? Well, he, you know? he, he rides the unicorn from the pool, you know, yes. the floaty. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Fire Island superhero versus the P-Town supervillain. Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, during I mean, Bear Week. Yeah, during- yeah. <laughs> I feel like the P Town superhero has a caftan, and the Fire Island superhero probably has a harness and a and a jock strap. But you yeah. know, listen, <laughs> yeah. who am I to you know? Two different, two different weather types, right? <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yes. That's amazing. Uh. <laughs> I love it. You know, I want to talk about the now and the future, but before we move on from like drag and influences. I would be remiss if we didn't ask, do you have any favorite drag queens that aren't on Drag Race? Yes. Uh, <laughs> without hesitation, uh, Coco Peru, definitely. But she's a legend. You a know. legend. Yes. But then also like Varla Jean Merman. Okay. I love Varla Jean Merman um, from uh, Girls Will Be Girls. Yeah. Um, I love Heclina, Peaches Christ. Mm. Um Lip Sinka, as far as performances go, mm-hmm. um, fantastic, so good. Yes. Uh, who else? Uh, Do you know a queen named Sasha Colby? Yeah, <laughs> a little queen named Sasha Colby from the House of Colby. Yeah, yeah. I think she should be a guest judge. You know, oh, she is brilliant. We're fangirls of Sasha Colby on this podcast. Uh, nice. Yeah, she got that dynasty. Right? I think there's rumors that she's on season 15, but they, that may be like, you know, there's always those rumors, right? That like, yeah. Bianca broke her leg week one and went home. You know what I mean? Like, I, <laughs> you know, Acid Betty called Michelle a bitch and punched her in the tit. Like, those things never bear out, but I love these, the idea. These are future cover ideas. Oh, yes. Hey, yeah. yeah, right? <laughs> totally. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's an ultimate showdown. Michelle Visage versus Acid no, Betty. It's the Drag Race. It's the the Drag Race What If series. Yes, right? oh, totally. If. Oh, yeah. how do I fund this, Shane? How do right? I fund this? Should I do that? It's the yes. What If Manila had won her season, and then oh, it's yes. a whole parallel universe. Oh, God, yes. Oh, I'm yeah. for all of this. I'm for all of this, especially Acid Betty and Michelle fighting. That. Oh like, yeah. Yeah. In space. Why? Why not? You know, go in for space, it. Exactly. Full, full fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> uh. In space. Uh, well, I guess, you know, just talking about um, uh, something that uh, you've kind of done uh, and you kind of referenced this during this time with with us together. But we noticed you began like creating like queer heroes last year during the off season of Drag Race. And I know that that had something to do with some of your other partnerships. Um, and I feel like it's making the covers that you create are so accessible for younger generations, for people only kind of reading things on Instagram and whatnot. I'm wondering if if what prompted you to begin creating that type of comic cover? Yeah, well, the first series of that, the Heroes of History, was uh, commissioned by Logo TV. Actually, oh, fabulous! They oh. did that uh, like four years ago, I believe, and um, it was a series of covers of like queer uh, historical icons, like um, Keith Haring mm-hmm. and uh, Marsha P. Johnson and uh, Miss Major and stuff like that, and. 
they asked me to do that. And I was like, I was so in love with the concept that I just continued on. I mean, I did it with them for uh, three years. So it was like, there's three series of that. So one each year. But then on the side, I was all like, well, there are some people that I think would be really cool to do like my own covers of. So I would do my own. And so then it became like, a, so then I'd work with Logo TV. They'd be like, well, we want you to do it this year, but you already drew it for your own series. So, <laughs> so they had to right. come up with even more people for me to draw. Um, wow. But yeah, I, it's one of my favorite series that I've done. Um, it means a lot to me to be able to um, bring these people from queer history to life and, you know, you know, make the, the youth today kind of like learn about them through the lens of like comic books and stuff. So mm. yeah, it's a, it's one of the most important series for me. So I think it's a more recent one you did and, and whether it's part of the Queero series or it's just is a Queero, I just, I need to acknowledge that the, the one you did of Coco Peru and the fact that you put the tension tamer tea bag in her martini glass <laughs> is so fabulous. And I just want you to know, I saw you and I appreciate it. So <laughs> I just thank love that. You, thank you. Yeah. So for that's for my own uh, personal series, the protectors of pride. Right. Um, right. And each year I try and do like a themed one. So like uh, one year I did all trans superheroes and then mm -hmm. Last year, I did all Asian superheroes. Um, and so this year, I tried to do all legendary queens and people that, you know, people want to see on Drag Race, but they don't really need to be on Drag Race because right. they don't need to be on Drag Race. Um, so like Coco Peru, uh, Peaches Christ, mm -hmm. I'm going to do one of Lady Red. Yes. And then I'm thinking of capping it off with Dolly Parton. Oh, because yeah. She's the... You know, she says if she wasn't born a girl, she'd be a drag queen. And she is a friend to all of us, you know, yeah. she's iconic. Oh, I love that. So, I, I, and I know, feel like but, but, there's so much about her that I feel like falls under the header of, of drag queen. Like it's, yeah, that's such a perfect yeah. choice. I love it. <laughs> but yeah, so thank you. Thank you for noticing that Coco Peru uh, attention tamer to, you know, we, oh. love, we stand her. We, we love watching her play GTA. Yes, uh, and <laughs> hunting through uh, cost plus market, and you know, it's I could great. watch it all day. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, obviously, uh, other than than this, you know, this what if series that we're manifesting, you know, of Drag Race. <laughs> what other special projects do you've got coming up? Uh, let's see. I was currently hired by Macmillan Publishing to work on the uh, biography for uh, Sylvia Rivera. It's oh, part of their, oh, yeah, yeah. It's, mm -hmm. it, it's going to be part of their Hispanic Stars series. And um, yeah, I, I'm going to be illustrating some stuff for, it's for, so it's, Hispanic Stars is targeted towards uh, young adults and kids. And so I get the honor of being able to illustrate Sylvia Rivera's life for this book targeted at young adults. So that's pretty cool because, you know, wow. a lot of people don't really... You know, everyone knows Marsha P. Johnson and everything like that, but it's it's great to see and to be able to give Sylvia Rivera her flowers for her part in the Stonewall Revolutions, you know? Mm. Yeah, and doing it, like, uh. in such a colorful way. Like, it's such a, like, it's a great kind of tribute. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. The book itself is, is written really well. Um, mm -hmm. It talks about, you know, because it talks about her trans journey and stuff like that. And so... 
the way how it handles it with for kids it says you know she is her pronouns are she and her all the way throughout the book and then it talks about how you know when she was born the doctors you know uh they misgendered her because they didn't know the fabulous person that she would grow up to be kind of mm. thing so i was like oh that's such a great way to like kind of explain it to kids you know yeah oh, i love that right yeah that's all the explanation they need you know like that's great yeah so i'm working on that that's a huge honor and then uh coming up in october i got i have the chance to be at the lightbox expo in pasadena mm-hmm. lightbox is like the um it's like for illustrators and animators and so people in the industry of like video games and movies and tv Ooh. so i have a booth there Ooh. and that'll be really cool it'll be my first time being amongst like everyone in the industry so i'm very nervous sure uh, you know here's this little queer artist that draws drag queens and i'm gonna be amongst <laughs> people that you know work for like you know into the spider verse and all like you know all these video games that i play and stuff and i'm like ah i'm gonna be that's incredible <laughs> i love that that's well deserved yeah um, yes oh god like yeah i would be queening out for sure you just made me <laughs> made me want you to create the the video game drag characters like i want now a video game uh i want you to collaborate with some video people uh at that conference and then have have your own art by shane video game That's yeah what I want. Yes. well actually i did do some art for uh video games because uh, my boyfriend is uh, my boyfriend's a uh indie game developer <gasps> and we recently did something for the the queer bundle which is like a, all these queer creators that create games and stuff and cool. um the game you're gonna love the concept of the game the game is called snatched and you play a a, a baby drag queen that has to get to her gig without getting her wig snatched by the crows up above <laughs> I love so this. I love it's that. very simple. Each stage, you know, you have a client saying like, "All right, just get to the gig in time," and so you have a timer, and you are walking along, and the crows are dive bombing you, and you have to hit the button in time to like not get your wig be snatched. <laughs> I just, is I mean, out. Yes, it is out. Uh, it's, is it on Steam? Where can I play this? Yeah, it's it's going to be on Steam, but it's part of the queer bundle on. Okay. Uh, itch.io i believe it is okay yeah wow wow i mean you know you're bringing to light obviously a common challenge that drag queens face every day is that you could be going to your (laughs) gig and crows could just steal your wig and i'm glad you're just bringing an acknowledgement to it yeah it's very it's a very simple concept but it's fun it's you know get get to the gig without losing your wig that's it oh and that's the tagline that's so great yeah get to the gig without losing your wig Uh, oh, it's so good. But yeah, yeah, I did the art for that, so it's really fun. It's really cute. It's a, you know, the queen and then the clients that, you know, there's like a Billy Porter pray tell looking client that hires Work. you and there's a bunch of like Vegas people that hire you and stuff. So, but That's you great. play this like, you know, like queen that looks like you know like love connie like you're just like you know just, it's literally a wig plopped on top of a bald head and Perfect. you have to get yeah. smeared lipstick combat yeah. right yeah. right but it's a fun game it's a really fun game uh well we talked earlier about uh you know i think you mentioned like you know drag race artists would often go on reddit 
and promote their stuff and you learn that that's maybe not what to do uh i you know you've managed to turn your brilliance into a career launching point and i'm wondering if you have any advice for any other drag race artists out there listening looking to grow their own business yeah um Let's see. If you're a drag a drag race artist and you want to, you know, grow your business, uh, don't. No I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, it's it's a it's a hard journey. Is you know, people think it can happen overnight. I mean, you know, sometimes it's like lightning in the bottle. You know, you get the right combination of a queen sharing your art and stuff like that. I my biggest advice would be to draw what you're most passionate about, not what you think will sell merch. Like if you draw something that you absolutely love and you you put your heart into it and you make it look great, then it's going to get the attention. Like the queen's going to love it. The fans are going to love it, you know. Um, But if you draw something that you're like, oh, I'm going to do this because it's going to be funny and, you know, people are going to want to buy shirts of it. Like that's, you know, that's that's totally different. And, you know, not anybody's going to want to share it, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah. And. The important part of doing like something you're passionate about is that, you know, if someone really loves it, then they'll hire you to make custom art for them, you know, and that's really the dream there, you know, so there you've turned your fan art into paid art, you know, and that's, Mm. that's really a dream there. And, you know, um, I just say like, draw other things too. draw as much as possible, draw, things that aren't drag race because you know all the movies and tv and stuff that i watch and video games that i play are what inform my decisions for you know how i'm going to draw the queens or what to do next um you know and let's see i would just say take take a break every once in a while don't don't feel pressured to make art you know i know we are so inundated with drag race for a little bit we're like oh another one and i know i was Mm -hmm. i was like yeah yeah i get to rest my drawing hand and then they're like and now (laughs) drag race france and now canada season three i'm like oh my god oh you're preaching the choir here oh my god (laughs) yeah to quote jinx monsoon when she lost her ear jesus (laughs) christ exactly jesus christ (laughs) it's so true I mean, like when you said before, like you watch Drag Race, it's like it's part of your job. I mean, I was like, oh, I feel so seen. That's so true. It's like I still love it and still a lot of fun. But there there is kind of a line that it crosses. You're like, well, now this is there's a bit of a commitment. And yeah, when a new season gets announced, when they just announced, you know, season three of Canada's Drag Race, I'm like, oh, I just wanted a break. (laughs) But, you know, it's like what a great thing to be tired of. You know what I mean? Like what a privilege to be tired of this, you know? (laughs) And I also love that we're in the era where we can just catch up whenever, you know? Mm -hmm. So if you don't watch Italia right away, that's cool, you know? Um, You can watch it on your own time. And for me, I'll do it when when I have time. You know, but yeah, um, yeah, that's an epic one. It's an opera in six acts. We'll tell you that much. It's a journey. It's a journey. Oh my god! Yeah, all the way up to the last shot. It's oh god! It's it's an opera thing. Yeah, it's great. Wow. Um, every episode's like an hour and a half. I mean, it's just like a commitment, but yeah, worth it. Worth it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, Well, this has been 
so fun. And so I love that we've gotten some backstory and, and understanding like where this great artist coming from and just getting to connect with another, you know, queer artist and drag race fan out there. So thank you so much for joining on this, us on this episode. Um, where can folks find more of you? Ah, thank you. Um, well, on my Instagram, uh, which is at uh, art by Shane, uh, or my website where I have my online shop, which is shanerama.com. Uh, it's a play on like Cinerama theaters. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's yep, nice. Um And yeah, I'm just, you know, all over. Sometimes I pop onto Twitter just to say something funny. You're very brave. Twitter is a scary place. Yeah. <laughs> it is. But yeah. yeah. So uh, for me, thank you so much for having me on here. And it was it, it was great to I was like blushing and, you know, almost <laughs> welling up with tears hearing you guys talk about my art, you know, on the last episodes, and, oh. you know, because it was like it means so much that my work connects with people that I've had. This is like our first time meeting. You know, yeah. like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. we've, we've never met before, you know, so it's like, this is great. We're connecting over, you know, these commonality things over drag race. And then you, know, you guys had so much nice things to say. And so I'm like, oh, my God, my art is reaching people. That's great. It oh. is. I, yeah. I agree. For years. For years. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. you've been like one of the titans out there, you know, all creating content uh, surrounding this world that we're in uh it's just been fantastic uh you have a patreon too i just want to make sure that you plug your patreon oh yes yes i'm on patreon uh patreon.com slash shane and uh yeah it's cool there because people get download uh coloring book pages uh er pretty much every art that i put out i make a coloring book version for them and people print them at home some people have them at their viewing parties at home. They print them out for all their friends and they all like color them in. Yeah. Oh, that's and great. Then, um, you know, the high tier level, um, they get to do custom commissions a month. Mm-hmm. So wow. I draw each of them. Yeah. Whatever they want. I'm like, as long as it's drag related, I'll draw it for you. So people like ask me to draw like Juno Birch, uh, oh, wow. you know, some other Queens that aren't on the show. And I'm like, I love it. So yeah, so Patreon's cool. It's for some exclusive stuff and you can get prints every month. So yeah, it's great. That's awesome. Oh, fabulous. Fabulous. Uh, well, thank you. Obviously, you are always welcome back. If you have a new project you want to talk about or you just want to queen out on a season, if, when you watch Italian. Or an episode. Can, yeah, or an episode. Sure. Yeah. Uh, this has been so much fun. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And yeah, uh, maybe next time I'm back is when I'm doing that What If series. Yes, it's happening. <laughs> I'm telling you, let me know how to fund this. Like, I, so good. Y'all, y'all planted the seed, and now I'm going to be, like, thinking about it when I'm trying to fall asleep at night. I'm like, oh, what if? What if? What happened? Like, all the parallels that could have happened, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, like, what if Tyra didn't win? You know what I mean? Oh, oh. yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, who exactly. would breathe into the paper bag then, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who would need a cup of water? Yes, right? who would, yes. Exactly. Who would RuPaul not stand up to help? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what if instead of Nisha Lopez, she called someone else to come back oh, into the competition? My gosh. Right? See Mary. all these what ifs. Yes. Mary, this is this is like that movie Everything Everywhere All at Once, but like the Dragon yeah, yeah. version. <laughs> The Dragon uh, Multiverse. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's 
it absolutely. Uh, if if the rose petal, petals hadn't fallen, you know, right, right. 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 If <sighs> if uh, what if Sasha Velour's rose petals had like a money gun malfunction? Yes, mm-hmm. or in, a butterfly instead. malfunction. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. See. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, or Asia's butterflies did work. Like, there's all these choices. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's I can just picture like just just a flood of butterflies coming out of her tits, you know, and just this uh, joyous look on her face. You know? There you go. There you go. During nasty by Janet. Yeah. Yes. Oh <laughs> uh, well, this I, I'm we. This seems to me the perfect note to end on because I could do this the rest of the day. Um, but Shane, thank you again and. Um, Marys, please go check out Art by Shane and, uh, you know, help support this new thing that we're manifesting with the What If series. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Marys, we will see you next time. Bye. 